Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. It's an insider's conversation with the people who make Carver County the best place to live, work, and raise a family. I'm really excited, and this has been a long, this episode's been a long time coming. My guest is uh, Chaska High School social studies teacher, but also much more famous for being the head football coach, Brian Dahl. Brian, thank you for agreeing to do this. I know you're you're kind of in the midst of your preseason, and uh, I know your time is really valuable these days. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Greg. We're looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Well, I'd like to start off with giving people an idea of who you are. Where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And you know, what is it that uh, in your life path that got you to Chaska High School? Yeah. Uh, well, I grew up in Moundsview, Minnesota, just the northern suburb of the cities. Um, went to Irondale High School. Uh, you know, growing up, play. You know, sports was a big part of my life, so I ended up. You know, I was playing, ran track and baseball, basketball, football uh, throughout high school. Um, you know, religion was a big part of uh, my life growing up as well, and so I was very involved in, in church. Um, after high school, ended up going to uh, Duluth, Harvard of the North. Went to Minnesota Duluth. Um, went to school up there, and, uh, and was fortunate enough to be able to play football up there as well. Um, and that, you know, I've always had a passion for, uh, for sports and that kind of, you know, working with people and, and, uh, you know, church helped kind of with a lot of that stuff too. And, and just education, working with young people and, and that, uh, you know, furthered my passion when I was up at Duluth, um, graduated up there with a degree in, in teaching. Um, let's see, after that, I worked at North St. Paul high school, some long-term sub coached some football there for a couple of years and taught. And then got in uh, teaching at, at Shakopee High School. Um, and then from Shakopee, got a, got a job teaching at Chaska. Um, I coached football at Armstrong High School for a few years as well. And then, gosh, in 2012, um, started coaching football at, at Chaska High School. And, and kind of here we are today. Um, I, got, I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, we have two kids. Um, my daughter, Linnea, who's going to be in seventh grade next year. Oh, man. Uh, middle school, that's, that's scary stuff. Um, not super excited about that with the, with the teen, dog, teenage daughter here. Um, and then my son, who's going to be in fourth grade. So we're busy with them. You know, our, we had a last night before football started, we kind of had our summers over a uh, little celebration and hanging out as a family for the last time, kind of for a whole day and, and had some fun with that. So, um, you know, I have a lot of fun with those kids and, and they're super supportive of me with football and, and, uh, just they're, they're, they're my life. And so, They've helped me to get to where I am today at Chaska, teaching and coaching. Nice. Nice. Do you live here and where do you live? So we live in Prior Lake. Uh, currently, we had lived, man, we we had a little shack we lived in in Duluth when we, you know, right when we graduated, like, but I don't know if it's probably still standing today, a little cabin. And then, you know, we lived in Blaine a little bit for a couple of years, um, had a house in Rosemont. And then three years ago, moved on to get closer over to this area and my wife works as a physical therapist at the veterans hospital. So we had to kind of find that happy medium of, uh, she didn't want to drive too far and I wanted to get a little closer to Chaska. Um, so we ended up in prior Lake, kind of the South end of that for, for three years and, um, really enjoy that, uh, that area as well, kind of on the outskirts of town there. Nice. Nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, if, if there's anything you want to talk about, about history and social studies, we can talk about that. But I think most people are tuning in to hear about the, the football team. 
Yeah, it's, that's more fun anyways, right? Anybody can turn on the news and get their get their fill of history and social studies, what's going on in the world. So, well, yeah. or, or people's lack of understanding of social right. studies. Sure, yeah, either, either whatever you look at, <laughs> I guess. You're doing God's work if you're teaching it, if you're actually teaching history. We, now, we so. do our best. We do our best, yeah, to, to educate and help out and have discussions with kids. So it's fun. There's There's certainly never a shortage of things to talk about in the classroom. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so I, I, let's just kind of go into this. How, what, what, in your opinion, what, what makes a, I mean, you've had a lot of experience. You probably, is there anybody that you think of as a, as that's had a profound influence on you as a, as a mentor with respect to coaching, or is there anybody that you try to emulate in terms of style and, and um, the way you interact with your players? Um, yeah, I, I think I've tried, I, I've been fortunate to, you know, I have a lot of really good coaches um, in high school and in college. And I think one of the things I, I've, I remember coaches talking to me about, you always want to be learning, right? Lifelong learner, just like education. Same thing with coaching is find things you're good at, um, perfect them, you know, I, and, and things you're not good at, continue to work to get better at. Um, and I think that's one thing I've, I've tried to really hard to do as I started coaching, even being coached by coaches. You know, there are things that your coaches have said, did that you go like, if I ever coach, I'm not doing that. Um, or things that like, you know, that like, hey, I, I really like this part of practice or I like how this coach handled these situations. Um, and, I, and I've tried to take some of that, um, you know, and, it, and certainly as I've grown older and more experienced uh, in coaching, I've, you know, kind of every year kind of reshaped who I am as a coach. But um, yeah, I was fortunate. I, I played at Duluth and, and had a couple of great coaches, uh, you know, um, Bob Nielsen, who's currently the head coach at South Dakota, um, was the head coach when I was there. Bubba Schwager, who's currently at North Dakota, um, was the head coach when I was there as well. So uh, a lot of successful coaches and, and guys that were very different, um, but both had a way of, of getting their point across and being successful. And, and same thing as I grow, you know, grew in the ranks in high school. Uh, you know, you watch position coaches. I even on the staff now being a head coach, I'll watch our position coaches and how they interact and coach um, and try to just take things that that even they do um, to be successful and how they get through to kids and how they perfect certain techniques in, in their position group, things that I can take um, to better myself as well. Um, so I think it's one thing is important is it you don't want to ever just be stay the same, right? You always want to continue to grow and there's so much good stuff out there, even too, like motivational things to books to read, videos to watch, you know, with the technology that's out there where um, you can pull and, and take things. You just you find things that work for you that that fit into your personality and who you are um, to, to help you kind of be successful and, and be able to get get the most out of kids. Have you noticed a shift? I mean, have, that you've had to adjust? Is it is like I'm trying to figure out how to say this is the evolution of you as a coach more self-driven is it sort of an internal drive or is it a result of you know kids changing or is it a combination you know they people my age always talk about you know think that people today are soft right you know or you know they'll you you'll hear boomers use words like entitled or you know soft and entitled i mean is there do you notice a change in terms of um in a, in a broad generalization, like guys that you played with versus kids you're now coaching? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, I don't think, I think we all say kids have changed. I would assume, you know, your parents said that my parents said it. Yep. I'll you know, I say that now, you know, I always laugh with my wife and sell time. I'm like, man, I, 
you know, the kids today want to be inside and playing video games. Like we were outside all day. Um, so yes, I mean, times change a little bit. I, I think kids want to be loved. Kids want to know that you care for them. Um, when kids know you care for them, um, they're going to, they'll, they're willing to do almost anything for you. Um, and I don't think that has changed. I, I think certainly, you know, we always laugh about, we never want to do things a certain way because, well, that's how we've always done it here. Or, you know, we, we always want to look at the why, like, why are we doing, is this helping us be most successful? So, you know, we, and, and I think that's, what's important today with kids. Kids want to know why they're doing something. Um, okay. Where before, I think even when I played, I, I didn't care. Like coach said to do it, you <laughs> jump, do it. Jump, you know, like, hide. Yep. Do yep. it. Yep. So I think today we try to, we try to be great communicators. We try to talk to kids about here's how we want to see something done. You know, we, we show it to them, we teach it to them, we, you know, explain it in different ways. Um, but then it's, it's the why here's why we're asking you to do this. Here's, here's what it's going to lead to. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing um, that I've seen change. We certainly have learned from, you know, science and different studies about how to make the game safer. I think the game is safer than it's ever been. Um, in terms of how we practice and the technique and the technology that we're able to use and the equipment. Um, so it's, it's safer in that way. You know, I look back to some drills that we used to do when I played in high school and things, and you just look and go, that's, those things are dumb. Like that doesn't help you get better. Like there, there are certain things you can drills and things you can do to be productive and still teach toughness. And so um, I think kids are still tough. I don't think they've changed. It's just the biggest thing for me, I think, is the communication piece and, and being able to explain the why. But, you know, times change. I don't think people change so much. Just the well, technology. They, the, I guess, I mean, the one thing that I noticed having gone to games and, you know, I was really into football when I was young and then not so much as an adult. And then my nephew got a scholarship at Concordia is how flipping okay. big these kids are. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the, the, game, the game has changed with that in terms of like being in the weight room and speed training and just the science behind well, that but, stuff. But you know, we, size. we laugh as a staff. Like we had a lot, we got a lot of guys who play that. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we got a lot of guys who coaches that played in college and we look today and laugh like, man, I, I wouldn't have been such a good high school player today if I was on our team or, you know, cause they're just, they're bigger. And like you said, they're strong, they're fast, they're smart. And there's just so much that we're able to teach and give these kids today that, we didn't have, you know, we lifted three times a week. We showed up for an hour in the summertime uh, when I played high school, you know, in the late nineties and early two thousands. And that was kind of it. You know, today we've got kids where we're doing speed work on the field. We're doing strength. We're practicing in the summer, um, you know, things just to help them become better athletes that can help them support them in any sport they're playing. But it's a lot, it's a lot more today than it's been for sure. There, well, some big uh, well, I think about when I was a kid, when I don't know if you've ever remember a player named John Matuzak. He was drafted by the, I think he was drafted by the Oilers right out of college. And he was on the cover of sports illustrated because they thought he was like this genetic freak. He was like six, seven and two ninety five. Yeah. You know, and my yeah. nephew uh, about eight years ago played at Concordia and he was six foot three thirty five, And there were 12 guys on the team that were bigger than he was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and that's D two. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. like the NFL. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, guys are getting bigger. And I think too, even in like the recruiting game is you see, uh, there's a lot more get, the guys are looking for that size. Like some schools, you know, higher level, like they need to get, got to be this tall or have this big a wingspan and, you know, have a frame that can add this much weight. So that part of the game has changed 
dramatically in terms of um, over the years, you know, in terms of size, for sure. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I got us a little bit sidetracked. There was something I wanted sure. to go back to. You mentioned, yeah. you know, things that you, um, you know, you talked about drills, but is there anything that you can use as an example of something that was sort of accepted practice years ago that you kind of look back on now and just think, you know, whether it was, you know, about the great uh, jackass theory of motivation, right? You know, big carrot, big stick. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, coaches used to really be, full of vitriol and really get in kids face and do yep. all that. And I mean, yep. is that, I mean, you see it occasionally, but it doesn't seem like it's as prevalent as it was. Yeah. That's leaving, that's leaving the game for sure. You see much less of that. You know, I, I think I remember my dad telling me stories of, of high school and, and him playing of, you know, like coaches giving salt tablets to kids and, you know, oh, you don't, you don't need water breaks, like waters that's for the week. And, you know, so even something as simple as that where, um, you know, they see that as signs of weakness where it's today. It's like, yeah, we, we understand the importance of like hydration and how that can help fuel your body. And so given those breaks, um, but yeah, I remember even playing of like, you know, coaches getting your face or just, you know, being able to grab your face mask and kind of get into a little bit. And that's, that's just a no, 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 that's stuff we don't, we don't do there. So I think there's certainly better ways to communicate. Um, we try hard not to motivate out of fear. I think that was used much more, uh, in previous years and, and back in the day, as people say, um, you know, feared coach a little bit and, and played scared. Uh, we try not to do that so much today. Cool. As we have in the past. So in, in your opinion, you, 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 we mentioned you, you said you, you named some mentors. What are the, in, from your perspective, maybe two or three things that you think really separates a great coach from the good? I think, uh, you know, a great coach, like I said, is, is somebody who, who cares. Um, they're not in it for themselves. You know, we, we always hear try to talk about, you know, it's, it's our program. Um, nothing's mine. You know, Chaska has been here for a long time before me. It'll be here a long time after. So I think great coaches, you know, it's, it's not about them. Um, and I think that's pretty easy to, to, to identify and see in some people. Um, kids pick up on that. Coaches pick up on that. I think that's important. Um, so, you know, it being bigger than, than about you is, is, is one thing, um, that I think makes a big difference. And what was the, ask me that question one more time. So just like the, the, you in your, you kind of nailed it. I mean, the yeah. difference, difference between, you know, like there's sure. a bunch of good coach. I mean, there's some lousy yeah. coaches, there's sure. a lot of good coaches, yeah. but yeah. like, what's that distinction? Yeah. What makes that great coach? I think another thing too is, and we touch on a little bit is just, never like you can't get stuck in your ways or be satisfied. I think there's so much that you can do for, for development of a program. You know, I think we, we, we try hard and push every year to, to, you know, break down what, Hey, what are some things that made us successful just as a unit and individualized coaches and we have individual coaches meeting, what are you doing well that we can build off of and, and how can we improve? Um, we don't ever want to just say like, Hey, we're just, it worked for us last year. We're going to keep doing it. We always want to find a better way to do something. Um, and, and that's through clinicking, you know, we have clinics every off season that we go to, there's so much online that we're able to access and see. Um, so I think that's a big thing that separates, um, you know, I, I remember sitting in coaching clinics when I was a young coach and I remember seeing, um, some of the best coaches in the state, like win percentages, like guys, you knew. And I remember like sitting there and these guys are in the front row. Um, you know, these are 56 year old guys in the front row with their notebook out taking notes from another high school coach or a college coach. And I remember sitting there thinking like, 
that's a guy who doesn't even need to go to clinics. Like they're winning games, they're doing, you know, seems like they're doing everything the right way. Um, but that that's something that's that's really stood out to me um, that I always remember is, you know, and I, I try to remember that during clinics is there's always something you can do to get better. You know, you're winning state titles all the time and playing, you know, for state championships. Like you can still go and get better. There's still something to learn from everybody. And so we, we try really hard to work on that and, and grow ourselves, which is going to help our kids and help our program. So I think that's a big thing that separates a lot of, a lot of programs um, is not being satisfied or just kind of status quo or we're okay doing our thing um, that I've, I've kind of learned over the years and that we try to really hard to do. Well, you're, you're talking about two different things there. And I mm-hmm. like that because that's kind of the segue where I wanted to go is, you know, you've got a good coach. And then you have a good program and it strikes me that, you know, like we talked offline, my, you know, I'm into wrestling and do you think about like Iowa or, you know, Iowa state for years and then Iowa under Dan Gable and now Penn state under Kale Sanderson and, you know, that you have a, a program and it seems like there's a, it's about developing culture. Is, is it not? I mean, and, and, and so from your perspective, what is, what are, besides you guys improving yourselves, how do you create that culture? Because my next question is going to be dealing with people who want, who have a vested interest in trying to get you to do things their way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cultures, uh, I mean, that's, if you don't have that, you're not going to have success. And I think in the past few years, you've heard that that's a buzzword, right? Like everybody's talking about culture. And if you follow the gophers, you know, you know, kill and fleck and culture, culture, culture. Uh, it's one thing I think to talk about it and, and have cool sayings and stuff that you put up, you know, on the building and pump on social media. And it's another thing to, to live that and get your kids to believe it and invest in it. And I, you know, it's, it's my belief that I think one of the reasons why we've been successful here is we've got a, a great group of men uh, as coaches that invest in these kids that believe in, what we're doing and how we're, we're <laughs> teaching me. these guys uh-huh. and and our kids know like we met today first day and talk like it's we're not going to talk a lot about wins and losses you know we had our we had the pillars of our program up on the screen when we when we started today and talked about um you know effort like everything we're doing has got to be we got to give great effort not just in football but in life and then you know our pillars are dats right discipline attitude toughness and service um and and you know the discipline of and, and we give, we teach lessons on this all the time, right? Like I'll get up there and teach life stories, lessons about a pillar, about discipline or lack thereof. And, and these are things that I'm, we're harping on during practice. What our attitude, how are we responding to things? Um, you know, the toughness, like mental toughness, when you get a little sore and tired in practice, like how do we respond? Physical toughness, you know, in the weight room and on the football field. Uh, and then service, like it's giving of yourself. Um, just to talk briefly about those is, you know, we've got to do more. If all we've done is produce like good football players here, I, I feel like we've, we failed. Uh-huh. Our goal is to, to build, build men for others, right? Like we're trying to, to make better husbands, fathers, sons, you know, parents like that. That's our goal here uh, for these guys. And so we have a group of coaches that is believes in that. That's uh-huh. not about themselves. They believe in, in the culture. They believe in the pillars of our program. And they get up and they speak to those kids about that coaches, you know, we'll hear our kids will hear from all of our coaches throughout the season, um, share life experiences, good, bad things that they've learned that fall into, um, our program, you know, things that our kids hopefully can take and can relate to at some point and that they can, they can learn about that can better their life down the road. 
So when you, when you talk about culture and the importance of it, like I, you got to get your kids to invest. Um, we don't have a ton of stuff that we talk about and say, like in terms of catchy slogans and that stuff, we're just, we're going to go to work. We've got our pillars of our program and we got a couple other sayings. Um, but that's on repeat. Like that, our kids are going to hear that. That's what we live by. We're an example to that. You know, and if we don't live up to it, like discipline, certain things, like as coaches, we share about that. Like I'll tell kids when I failed or man, I was a, I was a terrible parent or, you know, at this, like, here's what happened with my kid. And I, I failed in this area. And they can relate to that, right? Like we all make mistakes. Um, we can listen and learn. We can laugh. We can cry. Like we, we can just be real with each other and have conversations. And, and um, I think all of that, right, that we want to build the kind of feeling that being a family, um, not all being best friends, but, but taking care of each other, loving each other, understand that we're all pulling in the same direction and working for the same thing. So, um yeah, long answer, I guess, is that. No, no, it's a great answer. Right? Coach it's has really got to buy answer. in. And, That's what I was yeah. hoping you, you talk about. The So <clears throat> when you first came on board, mm -hmm. were the pillars in place already or did you put the pillars in place? Uh, we, we put the pillars in place. There was some stuff, I think, you know, Coach, before me and some of the guys on staff were here when I arrived in 2012. So I was on staff for two years before I became the head coach. Um, so helped to implement some of that. And I think, you know, 2013 was a very successful year for our program in terms of wins. And we kind of, that's when we kind of turned the corner and, and got things rolling here. And so, yeah, I think the regime before, um, you know, kind of laid a foundation for just the hard work and the effort and what it takes to be successful. Um, Cause that can take a few years um, to turn around. To well, and that's what I was going to ask you is how quickly, yeah. I mean, when you come in with something, you know, when, if, if the program, and I'm not saying that it was, but if the program is either unsuccessful or the program is focused primarily on winning and you're trying to introduce this sort of broader, you know, broader uh, uh, agenda to create a, a more well-rounded person. What was the adaptation time for that? I mean, was it something that they were longing for and they quickly gravitated towards it? Or was there a little bit of resistance to, you know, the way they'd been doing it prior or. Yeah, I think kids were really receptive and staff. I certainly, from when I got here, um, you know, I, I think winning, we all helps. Want, we, yeah, we, yeah, winning, winning, yeah, absolutely helps, you know, but I think, I think the year before I got here, they had one win and, you know, so they had some struggles. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember prior, those years. My yeah, daughter was in high school then. <laughs> yeah. Prior to that. And that's like, we live in a world of, of instant gratification, right? Like we want that's results. Sad. We want answers. We want stuff now. Yes. And, and we fight that. Not That's why I like, it's one of the reasons I love football is like, you, you don't, you don't get that. Like, we're going to practice two twice a day here for two weeks and then practice another week before we get to play our first game to see like, is all this, you know, is this paying off? Mm -hmm. So it's delayed gratification. It's um, you know, that's, that's what we're working for. So yes, it's, it's hard. Um, but like I talked about today, we sat up here in the first meeting and we talk and say like, listen, we all got goals, right? Like everybody's in here and we want to win. Like, yep. We'd love to be playing at us bank at the end of the year. Got it. But that's it. Like now we're done talking about it. We're not going to talk about wins and losses. Um, that's not our focus. You know, we're going to focus and control what we can control. And that's every day and what's right in front of us. Like if it's practice, boom, we're going to focus on practice and being successful, working the hardest we can, giving great effort in that practice. When we go to the weight room, that's it. For 45 minutes, like we're focused on getting stronger and working flexibility and all that stuff in the weight room. Um, that's it. So we just try to narrow our focus and control what we can control. 
And so we talk about like, if we're doing all those things and we're living our life, like with these pillars and, you know, and, and doing things the right way, like Friday night's going to take care of itself, you know, like, and we'll lose games. Like that's fine. We're going to learn from it. That's going to be a lesson. We're going to learn and, and get better for it. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's hard to turn around, but once you get it going, like it, it helps. Like we just, now we talk about a chest. We just say like, this is how we do things here. Like, nice. We don't yeah. walk from station to station. Like when we're in the weight room, we run around, like we don't walk, we don't stand around. Like that's just not how things happen in this program. Um, so we take pride in, in doing things differently, but just, you know, kind of the chask away. Like we do things like this. This is, we're going to work people. We're going to work, do things a certain way. And that's going to help us uh, be successful, you know, and off the field and on the field. Well, let's, <clears throat> that's a nice segue into what might be your greatest asset or your biggest um, pain in the backside is um, parents. You know, I mean, I, if you've got a parent that, you know, thinks little Johnny is going to go D1 and, you know, I mean, how, how do you, I mean, it seems as though when you and I were talking about this offline is the, the whole parental, th- I've got cousins who referee and they're like, oh my God, this is horrible. You know, and it's not the kids, it's the parents. And, and yep. so when you've got, um, I don't know what this term helicopter parents or whatever the, whatever it is, but basically obnoxious people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that are vested, you know, how do you balance it? I mean, do you, how do you get, do you, how do you get the buy-in when you're, cause everything you talked about is team. This is how, this is the Chaska way. This is the way we do it. You know, yeah. you're, you're trying to build culture. It's, it's culture. Isn't about one person. Culture is a collective. So, you know, have you had challenges? Are the parents kind of buying in because of the success that's already there? I mean, are you at a point now where it's like they see it and go, okay, it's working. Let's let it work. Or, yeah. or do you, is that something you have to deal with? Not, and I'm not expecting you to name names or anything like that, but just, you know, yeah. where's your head on that? I think, yeah, every year is, is unique um, and presents different challenges. Um, you know, we've, we're, we're great at a great sport and, and have the opportunity to not have to cut kids. Um, so we take kids that are you know really good and are going to get a scholarship <laughs> and kids that are playing for the first time. Um, and, and that's an awesome deal. We're in different spots with that. Um, it, it does present different challenges. I think communication is super important. Um, you know, and I understand as a parent, like everybody wants the best for their kid. Um, and parents see things maybe through a different lens than, than others do. And we've all been you know, probably guilty of that. Um, but I think communication, like we sit at, uh, you know, parent player meetings and talk about like, I'm going to make, and coaches are going to make the best decision for the team. Like it might not be the best for, you know, your kid, but it's going to be the best for the team. Um, everybody wants to play, right? Like you come out because you want to play. Um, unfortunately we're putting 11 guys on the field, um, but we try to give value to, to everyone's role and, and on the team and how it all kind of fits together. Uh, but yeah, we, we have, we have issues with parents. Uh, I think the thing that we started to do, you know, when we got here in 2012 and took over in 2014, I think that one of the best things we do as a staff is we communicate with the kids. We will have meetings, you know, weekly or bi-weekly uh, one-on-one with kids and their position coach and just basically talk to them. Starters are, you know, four string and just basically tell them like, Hey, here's what I like that you're doing. Like you're doing really well with these things, um, you know, and starters. And it's like, Hey, here's what I need you to continue to improve, to keep this spot and continue. And guys who aren't playing, then it's, if you want to play, we need to see you do these things 
you know, better, more effectively, whatever, efficiently, you've got to, you got to get better in this area. And, and that's opportunities for kids to ask questions, you know, like, Hey, is that fair? You know, we want to be fair with kids. Um, but that, that piece has helped a lot uh, with parents. Cause I think a lot of times when there are those issues and when we've had them in the past, it's because of a lack of communication, you know, parent, you know, kids goes home and tells parents one thing and parents get upset or they want to know what's going on and phone call or email. Um, and a lot of times it's a miscommunication or, uh, we just weren't clear on communication to certain things. Um, but yeah, the, the parent thing is tough. We we're fortunate. We've got a, nobody's nothing's perfect, but, uh, we've got a great community that's super supportive in Chaska, um, parents that are willing to help out and raise funds to make it a good experience and volunteer with our kids. Um, so we're, we're blessed in that area. Um, but no place is perfect. We've certainly got, um, you know, parents that want to come and see, you know, I, there's a reason my wife doesn't sit in the stands on Friday night and she comes down on the track by the field. She's, she hears all the play suggestions and what we should have done and, you know, should have done this. So <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't, I'm yeah. Sure. So we're lucky we got headsets on, so we don't hear any of that. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, community collectively has the community, you know, as it, as in a broader sense beyond the parents, has it been, you know, it, do you find it to be supportive, helpful? Is there anything that the community does that's a hindrance to the success of the program or what your objectives are for the player development? Yeah, I, I think like we're super fortunate, fortunate. I think alignment is, is important to have a successful program. Like you've got to have, you know, one like myself and coaches have to be on board, but I think you've got to have administration on board. I think like all the way up, like tie ups got to be supportive of um, athletics um, if you're going to be successful and believe in your vision. And and we, we're super um, fortunate here to have to have great people in positions of power that do support what we're doing. Um, support athletics and, and see the value of that uh, with education. And so that's been great. The community has been awesome. Um, you know, they, we tell our kids all the time, like, a, and they come to support us. Like we, you know, you watch when we play Chan, we've, there's five, 6,000 people. Like it's an awesome event for these kids that not a lot of um, people get to experience playing high school football. Um, and we get that, like we go out in the community and, and they support us when we sell our hot cards and, you know, discount cards in the community. Um, and, and I think that's something where we try to teach. And that's one of our pillars is, is service. Like we got to get out and give back to the community as well. And so things like Christmas in May, you know, awesome volunteer opportunities that our kids are, are able to, to be a part of and able to experience, um, you know, our, our kids in order to letter in our program, uh, have to um, uh, have to serve eight hours of community service um, or they won't let her. I don't care if they're all state, if they don't get out and serve, like they won't let her. Um, I don't know if that's a big thing, small thing, but it's, it's an important thing to our, our program and our values. Well, it's a standard. I mean, you have a standard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think just stuff that like I, my own kids, we take them to, you know, like feed my survey children or give back. Like we, we tell these kids all the time, we're not, we're fortunate to be able to have great resources and play this great game and, and get support from our community. Um, we want to get out and give back how we can. And that's through Christmas and May, which is an awesome thing in the community. We've, we've got kids that'll just go help a neighbor, you know, who's elderly or needs help moving stuff or cleaning stuff. Um, those are things that I think values that we need more of in this world. And we want to try to instill that in these kids to be able to, to give back if they're so fortunate enough to, to have the ability to do so. 
Nice. Hey, and you know, the, the CAFA program has been a nice feed for you. I, I just maybe want to get before, before we run out of time, I wanted to get your opinion on, it strikes me that, um, you know, you're seeing, you know, whether it, it, if it's positive involvement from parents and community or, or whether, you know, or not, but it, it, what's your thought on, um, multi-sport versus specialization, you know, because you mentioned they're lifting weights all summer, they're doing sprinting their camps, you know, you're going to coaching camps. I mean, there's football camps, you know, crazy, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you just don't see the, the high level, you know, the Joe Mowers anymore that are, you know, could go pro in a couple sports, but yeah. I mean, That's granted, special, he was a, yeah, he was a genetic <laughs> freak, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I mean, you, would you rather see your athletes, you know, it is specializing and if, if so, at what stage, or is it better that they, you know, have an off season and, and, you know, do other things or what's yeah. your take on that? We are, we are very much against specialization. Like we, we preach multi-sport athletes. One, I think it's, it's great for the kid. It's great for the community and the school. Like how awesome is it to see kids participating in multiple sports and being great teammates. And, you know, um, that's awesome. Uh, we at our parent meetings, end of the year meetings, like all this, like we want, I want kids playing multiple sports. Um, we, we're going to get our time in, in the morning on, in the, you know, in the summertime to train, um, all of our training, our speed work, our, our weight room stuff. It's not sports specific. It's we're, and we tell kids like we're, we're creating better athletes. Like well, you're in here training to be a better basketball player, baseball player, hockey, like that's what we want. So we push it, I, I think. And, and we encourage it. We try to get our kids out to do it. Um, I think one, it's, it's great for the, just the health and well being of kids uh, mentally, physically, like it's going to help your body. There's a lot of injuries from overuse and you're right. We're seeing more specialization um, throughout a lot of sports. We're lucky in football because we tell kids all the time, like, you only get so many years of this. You can't, there's not a ton of like traveling leagues or AAU leagues for that. It's seven on seven. Now it's popping up, but um, otherwise we don't, we're not competing with that. The year round stuff that other sports are. So we probably see it. You probably see it more in other sports other than football. And we have some kids that want to lift and just get big all year. Uh, but we certainly push multi-sport athletes. It's great for the kid and long-term health and preventing injuries. Um, and great for the community as well to get them to compete in other sports so i wish we had more of it i remember and i think that's changed we talk and laugh as coaches all the time like man I, we were playing sports three different sports all year round um but it's also become harder we've made it harder on kids like you said with time um the time commitment that's being asked of these kids for a lot of sports is more than it's been in the past and so it is hard for a kid to play three sports um and we're all guilty of that you know we do stuff in the summertime um and we want kids, if they're not playing a sport, we want them in the weight room, you know, working out and, and getting better uh, in the off season as well. But yeah, we, we're in favor of multi-sport athletes. I wish there were more. Cool. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about your, um, how you, what, what your views are on the season. And, you know, as we're today, we're doing this interview It's the first day of practice, yeah. you know, how do you, I mean, what's your, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think you guys are going to be pretty strong and competitive this year? What's, you know, is it a rebuilding year? What, what, where do you think you are? Yeah. I, every, every season has its challenges. I mean, I think every year we kind of go into it where we replace a lot of guys. Like we're fortunate in this program where we, we end up playing a lot of older kids just because our, the growth and development um, and, and our program kind of allows for that. So we'll have a lot of new starters this year. Um, 
but I like how our kids work. I like the effort that they put in and, and how hard we've worked throughout the summer. Um, today was a good day. You know, we make a lot of mistakes, which is good. That's, that's what we want in practice. We tell kids Better on the practice field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't fear failure. Like make your mistakes. We'll learn from it. That's how we get better. Make them now. So we'll clean that stuff up. So, yeah, I mean, our goal every year is like, we want to be a tough football team, um, you know, be, be a physical team and, and have a, have a chance to compete in every game. And then the little things, the discipline and little breaks here and there, um, that, that'll, that'll be the difference in, in winning and losing ball games. So we're going to try to clean a lot of stuff up, be disciplined and, and be able to execute at a high level, uh, you know, in three weeks from now when the season starts. So, yeah, I like the football team. We've got good kids and, you know, we're hoping for a successful year, whether that what that looks like and win losses, I don't know, but um, we're hoping when's, to have When's the first win. game? Uh, we played Bloomington Jefferson. What is that? The second, I believe, of September. And that's so. home? Uh, that'll be a home game. Yep. Yep. Right. That'll be a home game. Yep. On September, right, uh, September 2nd. So it's coming. Summer's over. We're, we're in the thick of it playing oh, uh, practice know. now and it's uh, it's one of the best times of the year when two days rolls around. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy with the whistle. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. My wife wouldn't think so. She dreads this day coming and stuff. But um, it's it's a fun time just to be around the boys all day and uh, get them working hard. It's fun. So if people want to engage with the program or ever be involved, what's the best way for somebody who maybe's new to town that just kind of to plug in? I mean, is there you know how can they support the program? Yeah, I mean, we'd love to see them on Friday nights. I think we, we try to put a good product on the field and make it entertaining for people to come and help out. Uh, you know, we can certainly support uh, financially if you want to buy a hot card and we can get you some discounts around town as well, uh, you know, to, to help you with stuff um, on that front. But, uh, and two, like I, we hope to we hope to be putting a product on the field that that's looked at highly and also in the community. So, you see people wearing Chaska football stuff. Hopefully we're doing things the right way and, and having a positive impact on the community. But they can find us at uh, ChaskaHawksFootball.com or um, our gridiron, Chaska Gridiron on Twitter and kind of follow us from there. Terrific. Brian, thank you so much. I want to be respectful of your time. I told you I'd have you out of here by 530. So we're doing this after practice. So he's uh, already smoked for the day. And so yeah. I, I really appreciate this. This was fun. Um, yeah. I look forward to you know, being at that, at that season opener. Yeah. We appreciate you having us on Greg. Thanks for your support and for, uh, for doing this. All right, Brian. Thank you. Take care. All right, thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to just stop recording now. Okay. <laughs>